Control Alt Delete with Miss Joel. Navigating your way through the social, local, and mobile tech talk on show 97.7. At exactly 7.12. Good morning, Mitch. Hey, Terry. How are you? I'm fine and dandy. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming to the party on uh, Friday. Christmas at Terry's has been recorded, and Mitch uh, was part of it on uh, Friday night. Nice yeah, to- you, you can hear me cackling in the background. And, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today you're off to Geneva for the afternoon. How exciting. Yeah, just a quick meeting, and then I'm back, and then it's holiday time. Yeah, I'm super oh, excited. Holiday yeah. time. All right, let's start with the good and the bad. Let's go. Uh, we're going to do good, bad, and ugly this morning. Let's start with the good. Yeah, the good news is many people use the Chrome browser. And while they have a lot of these support tools accessible if you add them in and stuff like that, what they're doing now is they're going to make this part of the core functionality, which is basically this. It will warn you if your password has been stolen as soon as you start typing it in. So if let's say you have multiple passwords across multiple sites and one of those sites had a breach, you go to type in your password, it will actually pop up a thing saying to check your passwords. It'll also tell you based off your browser history because it has that information in it where else you you use that same password. And I don't know. I thought that was a pretty smart functionality. I mean, yes, creepy in the sense that Google actually does know all your passwords, but then again, you're typing this stuff into their browser, so it's it's only normal that they do know this information. Right. So what do you think of that? Well, I I I think it's a good idea. No. Yeah, I think it's really good. Most people, like, I yeah. think it should be a bit more sophisticated to, like, go into these other sites to type in your password and see which sites have done. I think people forget. People are lazy with their passwords. We know that as well. Yeah. And I think this is, like, a good sort of extension that should be built natively into the browser. Again, I'm, I always get concerned when somebody like Google has in for all these passwords, but, look, we're typing into our Androids. We're typing them into our browsers. It's, it's an inevitable. Yeah, and if they're going to help out by warning you when – yeah, they notice uh, trouble. That uh, that's got to be a good thing, no? Yeah, and I yeah. also like the fact that it's if if they recognize that you use that password on multiple sites, it'll yeah. tell you which sites as well. Because that's always my sort of headache, which is something gets breached, and I'm like, wait, uh, where else did I use that? Thing? <laughs> <laughs> right. who, who remembers? I can't. Yeah. Remember. <laughs> right. Um, the next one is uh, the bad, and it's uh, not surprising. Uh, texting is ruining our lives. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't ever, everything is ruining yeah. our lives. This is just another thing that so happens that this one is texting, which we all love, love so much. But there was a think piece in, on NBC News, and I thought it was really interesting about this idea that it is ruining personal relationships. I guess when you really are distant from somebody, it's an amazing way to stay connected and feel like you're sort of in the moment with them. But here, up close and personal, I, you know, I sort of recognized myself in a lot of these uh, examples that the psychologist who wrote this this article, Maggie Mulqueen, wrote. It's sort of like you, you could quickly text someone when you want to blow them off, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't feel so well. We'll need to do this another time. And it sort of absolves you of sitting, calling them, speaking to them, uh, especially if you're lying, I guess, yeah. is the other big thing. And, you know, the, the theory in this article, which I think is interesting, is that the more we sort of have this distance between each other and don't hear the timber in our voices or the looks in our eyes, that it makes us less human because it's just so much easier to you know, tell of a fib, if you will. Or even if you're being sincere, just I'm going to be late, it sort of absolves you of having to call the person and say, I'm really sorry, I'm going to be late, which is, I think, really different things. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I, and it, but it's it's something. It's a message that's not going to be heard by a lot of people. I, you know, I've been, you know, you and I have talked about this before. I've been told this before. You, you see a bunch of people all uh, together, all looking at their phones. And, you know, some folks have said to me, oh, don't be concerned. They're all talking to each other. And I think, well, no, they're not. They're, they may be texting each other, but they're not interacting socially. Yeah, communication really has changed because of the, these types of technologies. I mean, people argue the same thing with the telephone. Like, yep. suddenly we won't be human anymore. So, I, you know, I sort of temper all of that with a bit of a grain of salt of it's just sort of ebb and flow of humanity. And I think about my own personal usage. I'm very quick on Facebook to go and wish everybody I'm friends with uh, their own personal happy birthday on their birthday because Facebook tells you that. And I I wonder like how often I would actually pick up the phone and wish these people a happy birthday. Some of them, you know, if they're really close friends, obviously you do it. So the, the good and bad is that you know, the good is that I'm actually reaching out to people I probably wouldn't call or didn't even know it was their birthday, and I think that's really nice and powerful. On the other side, I don't want that to replace people who I really am close with and have that be the sort of sidestep versus calling them or getting together in person and wishing them a happy birthday. So I think with everything, you know, technology is somewhat agnostic. You take the good and you take the bad. And I think that social and texting has brought me much closer to people I probably wouldn't communicate with all that much. I think that this really does apply to our close personal relationships. If you're in a fight with your spouse and you're upstairs saying, uh, I'm mad at you, it's probably not the best use of the technology. (laughs) All right, you're going to take the good and take the bad, but you can have the ugly. This this story I saw last week, and uh, I'm not having it. Yeah, I, I saw this and I was like, here's my get under Terry Skins segment. While at the same time being fully appreciative of the fact that I feel the exact same way. I hate feet. And... The new trend in Silicon Valley, especially in the startup world, is shoeless office policies. You know, it's sort of like your home and you take your shoes off at home. So walking around with socks and bare feet and just the image on this article in Business Insider made me gag, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. <laughs> Having people with their bare feet and on pillows and stuff and just, I don't know. I, they're claiming in the article that it's it's completely hygienic and that the San Francisco Department of Public Health has never had issues or violations with barefootedness. But... I don't know. That was a big puker for me. I don't know about you. Yeah. Well, listen. I work in my socks. I, I I've I take issue with that part because I you know the nature of the job that I do. I make myself comfortable so I can feel comfortable. So hopefully I can sound comfortable. I think uh, you should ask Esteban if he agrees. Well, I I don't. I so far I he he it, nobody it 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 turns a lot of heads in the offices. But I think. I think there's a big difference between me sitting in the control room with my socks and me sitting here with my bare feet up on the control board. That's a different thing, is it not? I think it's a fine line of uh, cotton, if you're going to ask me. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, listen, uh, what's your app of the week? Well, you know, look, we're headed towards the end of the year. I know we're coming back in January after this one. And Mashable, I thought, had a really good run-up of the best iPhone and Android apps of 2019. What I think we'll do is leave a link in the show note, show notes and just say that there were definitely a couple in there that we had not talked about over the year, one of them being Jumbo, which was this sort of look at online privacy. And it's a really cool, smart app that lets you look at each of the apps that you have installed and it lets you know sort of like what level of security you have, uh, how you could take back more of your privacy and personal control. So I really thought that one was good. And there was another one in there called MyShake that I thought was interesting, which was while scientists still can't predict earthquakes, 
they use MyShake and this technology wow. to, to sort of crowdsource earthquake de- detection if you know phones are shaking in a certain yeah. way and st- stuff like that. So there was a whole bunch in there that I sort of looked at and thought, there's some good stuff in here. So it's Mashable's uh, best iPhone and Android apps of 2019, and we will leave a link uh, over on Twitter and on, on the show website and always at uh, sixpixels.com, which is my stuff. Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, bon voyage. Uh, happy holidays, uh, Mitch. I guess uh, we're going to talk again in 2020. I look forward to it. Happy holidays to everybody and all the show listeners. Don't forget to listen in to uh, Terry's Christmas party. It was uh, quite the party. <laughs> yeah, it really was. All right. Thanks, Mitch. Safe travels. Happy holidays. Okay. You too. Thanks.